Hey, grownups, before we start the podcast, I want to talk to you about keeping things in perspective and remembering, you know, sometimes we just have to laugh it off. We need that. Life is full of grown-up choices and it can be a lot. So it's important to keep things in perspective and have a sense of humor. That's why I created Grown-Up Gear. It is super fun merch to celebrate adulting. T-shirts, sweats, mugs. I even have kitchen aprons for cooking. It lets everyone know that you are a grown-up or at least a grown-up in progress, or at least you know someone who's a grown-up. We even have the cutest baby gear from onesies to bibs that say things like, I can't believe you are the grown-up. The best gifts for new parents, birthdays, engagements, graduation, pretty much any occasion, even a great gift for yourself. Check it all out at grownupgear.com. He told me at the Olympic Village, they would practice and warm up with this technique with a skill called pepper, which works on the ball control. He said, we did that at the Olympics. It's what I did in my backyard when I was seven years old. The same exact thing. That's what they all do. You're listening to Money Tips for Financial Grownups with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grownup. And you know what? When it comes to money, being a grown-up is hard, but together we got this. Hey, grown-up friends. I hope everyone is staying healthy and safe these days. Last week, I talked about the use it or lose it strategy and how as hard as the last two years have been with COVID, when we are ready, we really should try to get on with it when it comes to our goals. Many of us hit pause on a lot of stuff and just sat still for a while. And at a certain point, I think a lot of us have to decide if the pause is a stop and exit or if we are going to hit play again and move forward. And it is with that in mind that I'm excited to share my interview with Dr. Ruth Gotian. She is the Chief Learning Officer and Assistant Professor of Education in Anesthesiology and former Assistant Dean of Mentoring and Executive Director of the Mentoring Academy at Weill Cornell Medicine. There's more. She also writes a fantastic Forbes column that I have been binging on, but I wanted her to come on the podcast because of her new book, the success factor. For the book, she talked to super high achievers, Nobel Prize winners, astronauts, top athletes to kind of figure out what they all had in common. One highlight that I'm excited to share with you is what she had to say about mentoring and a very well-known doctor that she talked to. I hope you enjoy our chat. Here is Dr. Ruth Gotian. Dr. Ruth Gotian, welcome to the podcast. You are a financial grown-up. I am, I guess. <laughs> you absolutely are. You are so amazing. I mean, I look, I've already introduced you to our listeners, but you study the mindset and skill set of peak performers, including Nobel Prize winners, astronauts, Olympic champions, Dr. Anthony Fauci. We're going to talk <laughs> about that later. You put it all into a new book called The Success Factor. I did. It's um, for years and years and years. I literally got a doctorate in success. I, I'm not obsessed with it. I want to know how people get it and how the rest of us can attain it and keep it. Well, one of the things that caught my eye in your work is that you really focus on mentoring. I mean, that's been something that's been a big part of your career. You were the assistant dean of mentoring and executive director of the Mentoring Academy at Weill Cornell. What role does mentoring play in success? All of the extreme high achievers who I've interviewed, and it ranges from, as you said, the Nobel Prize winners, the astronauts, the NBA champions, Olympic champions, CEOs, Every single one of them 
had not one mentor, but a team of mentors. So instead of looking for that one perfect person, they created their version of perfect by surrounding themselves with people who believed in them more than they believed in themselves. And if that's what the astronauts and the Olympic champions and the Nobel Prize winners do, why aren't the rest of us doing that? How do we even get started identifying what we need? And especially in the pandemic, which as of now, I mean, there's still a lot of things keeping us from doing those IRL things that used to be a resource. What do we do now, given where we are in the world? I actually think it's easier now. Mm, interesting. Because, yes, because you're no longer confined to the people who are close to you. You can oh. actually spread your wings and find mentors from all over the world. So what are some of the ways that we can find mentors when we can't meet face to face? Well, if you ever listen to a podcast, if you ever listen to a lecture or a workshop or a YouTube video or took a class or you're in these meetings at work, listen to what is being said. Listen to the person who is talking. But, and here's the secret that, that most people don't do, pay attention to the comments. The people who are attending whatever it is that you are actually watching and participating in they have the same ideas, they have the same vision, they have the same hopes and goals, they want to learn from whoever is the presenter. So you have that commonality. Now, if they made a comment that really resonated with you, you should reach out to them and say, you know, Bobby, I really loved what you said about blah, 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 that really resonated with me because of whatever. And then you start connecting with them on social media, and then you start engaging with their posts, and then you can start sharing information with what my friend Andy Lapata calls the 24-7-30 rule, which is after you meet someone, mm -hmm. you, your first point of contact is 24 hours later, second point of contact is seven days later, and then the third point of contact is 30 days later. Now, at this point, you are no longer a stranger. You've actually communicated with someone. You've been engaging with them. Not so much that you're stalking, but engaging with their content. Now, the thing is, you don't ever ask someone to be your mentor because I don't know about you. I think we're all busy, really busy. It feels like another to-do item on my list exactly. when someone says that to me. Exactly. It feels like an obligation, doesn't mm -hmm. it? So don't ask someone to do that because that, that almost feels like, oh, I got to take on another job. But ask them for their perspective on something. Can I get your opinion on something? I just wanted to run something by you to make sure I don't have my blinders. We all have 15 minutes for that, don't we? That's actually mentorship. We just didn't give it that label. And once you start doing that, it really helps. And remember, you are not a mentor until the mentee calls you one. It's earned. Very interesting. And it also needs to be not just a one-way relationship, right? Absolutely. It's definitely two ways. And actually, you can and should be helping your mentor out. And trust me, I don't care how junior you are, there is always something that you can offer the mentor. And you should be giving before you're ever taking, before you ever ask for their help. Always offer to help. What would be an example? Because a lot of people may be saying, oh, what can I possibly offer? <laughs> I'm actually helping a Nobel Prize winner market his book. I'm never going to be a Nobel Prize winner. I'm not even a basic <laughs> scientist. But here is somebody who is a Nobel Prize winner, and he is a brilliant physician scientist, wrote a book, but doesn't know the first thing about marketing. 
I have a master's degree in business. I know a thing or two about marketing. Plus, I have my own book, The Success Factor. So I'm actually helping him through that. So here is somebody who's significantly junior, in this case, me, helping Mm -hmm. somebody who's significantly senior to me. Now, the flip side of that, I was once at a conference and I was recruiting students for this program that I used to run. I don't know if you've ever been recruiting at these conferences. You stand in your booth and you say the same thing over and over and over again, really hoping to sound excited at the 100th time that you've said it. (laughs) All of a sudden, I see everybody staring at their phone. I realized as we walked into the conference center, there was a big board on an easel with what I thought was a symbol of the pound symbol. It actually turned out to be a hashtag and a blue bird. And that's when I first found out about Twitter. And I called somebody, a former student of mine, who's a generation and a half younger than me. And I said, why is everyone staring at the phone? What is all this tweet, tweet, tweet they're talking about? And that's when I realized that the conversations I was having one-on-one, I could have one with thousands of people. And they were much more chatty on that platform than they were with me because they might have been intimidated. That night, I went to my hotel room at 1130 at night. I sat on the floor, opened my first Twitter account. Didn't even have a picture. It was just an egg. But that's how I got introduced. That's how I got trained. It was actually somebody a generation and a half younger than me. So you never know where this can come from. You never know where this can come from. One of the many things that you do, and you have so many different things (laughs) going on. I am so in awe of everything you do, but I really enjoy your Forbes column. And so I did see you have a number of them on the topic of mentoring, but I did want to pull a few tips from one of them and encourage everyone to go, you know, right on your website, you can go to all of your Forbes articles and get the full thing. But let's do a few highlights there because you have some mentor related tips of how to be a good mentor. And you've talked about staying engaged in person, virtual, and social. Deadlines, not recommendations. I thought that yeah. was interesting. Yeah, that that's a big one, which I repeat quite often. And I'm really excited that we're talking about it because January is National Mentoring Month. So this whole idea of deadlines are not recommendations. If someone tells you that something is due on January 10th, You don't submit it January 11th. Frankly, if you're submitting it January 10th, it's likely too late because the deadline is the drop dead date. So you always want to submit it early because you know on that deadline date, the internet's going to go down, the copier is jammed. There's always a problem. But there are always people who think that those deadlines are are flexible. No, they're not. And they're not recommendations. They are firm, very firm. And you always want to not just meet, Meeting is average. You want to exceed, so you want to submit it early. Another tip from the article is be honest. In the context of mentoring, what does that mean? Don't promise that you can do something that you can't. Don't say that you know how to do something when you can't. Be transparent about what you can and cannot do. Be transparent about what you're hesitant to do, what you're afraid to do, what you're excited to do, and why. And I think the more honest you are and more transparent you are, your mentor will be as well. And those are the best kind of relationships. I want to leave time to talk about your book. So I'm going to just tell people to go look at your website, which is just your name. And uh, we'll have links in in the show notes, et cetera, to get more of your tips and your Forbes articles. But tell us more about the success factor. The success factor is years of research that I put into studying the 
most extreme high achievers of our generation, everyone from the former NASA chief astronaut, Dr. Peggy Whitson, a lot of Nobel Prize winners, Dr. Mike Brown and Dr. Bob Lefkowitz, NBA stars, eight-time NBA champion, Steve Kerr, NFL Hall of Famer, Curtis Martin, Olympic champions like Scott Hamilton and the most decorated Winter Olympian, Apollo Anton Ono. And and Dr. Anthony Fauci, by the way, what was he like? Yes. <laughs> he 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 was great. They were they were all fantastic, very forthcoming. It was interesting. I actually interviewed him before the pandemic. I said, how do you pick which projects to work on? Because he worked on HIV, Ebola, SARS, right? He said, I pick something important, not just interesting. Because if it's important, it'll have an impact. And that's why I can't drop my pen at five o'clock. And that explains why he's over 80 years old. He could have retired a long time ago, but he's clearly so passionate about what it is that he's doing. And that was the same thing with Dr. Fauci. That was the same thing with the astronauts. That was the same thing with the elite athletes. They have found what it is that they are so passionate about that they love doing. They can't see themselves not doing it. They would do it for free if they didn't have bills to pay, right? They loved it so much. And that's why they work so hard at it. And it's not just working the long hours. It's actually working smarter, which also includes rest time, which is critical. So those are the first two. And and Dr. Fauci was a perfect example of that as well. The third thing that they all had in common was a really strong foundation, which they're constantly reinforcing. What they did early in their careers is what they did later in their careers. They don't say, oh, I won an NBA championship. I don't need to do layups anymore in my warmup. No. Ryan Millar, three-time Olympian, gold medal volleyball player, he told me that the most important thing in volleyball is not how high you can jump, it's ball control. And he told me at the Olympic Village, they would practice and warm up with this technique with a skill called pepper, which works on the ball control. He said, we did that at the Olympics. It's what I did in my backyard when I was seven years old. The same exact thing. That's what they all do. And then last but not least, doesn't matter that they have the Nobel, doesn't matter that they have all these fancy degrees. They are constantly learning constantly trying to get new knowledge. So while some of them, like you've heard the billionaires who read for three to eight hours a day, that works for them. But what made them billionaires is not that they read three to eight hours a day. It's that they were open to new knowledge. So what are some of the other ways that you can get new knowledge? You could read articles, blogs, listen to podcasts such as this one. Hopefully I'm sharing good stuff. <laughs> YouTube, LinkedIn learning. I mean, it's it's endless the ways that you can learn new things. It is. And by the way, for our listeners, you read something like 70 to 100 books a year. You're reading three at once. So I'm not <laughs> going to challenge people to do that. But my challenge for myself is to just read more, maybe two a month. I read about one and a half a month, I would say. And I really enjoy my reading time. And I enjoy more and more reading books, not on screens. I know you're on every medium. So, but anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Where can people catch up with you and get all of your resources, including the success factor? Thank you so much. Yes, The Success Factor is available wherever you love to buy books. And if you want to know where you can find them, you could just go to my website, ruthgotian.com. And to find out where the books are, it's ruthgotian.com slash book. And if you 
get the book by January 24th, you actually get a free bonus of all these different ways that you can approach strangers and start a conversation and not be awkward or weird about it. Oh my gosh, I need that right away. Okay, (laughs) it's so hard. Oh, conversation starters. Oh my goodness. All right, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So much to think about. And I definitely want those conversation starter tips. I mean, it's always so awkward. I'm also thinking a lot about what she said on how we shouldn't only think about that person who's up on stage speaking when we attend some kind of conference. It's also the people in the room, even by the way, if that room is virtual. And also the additional opportunities that this remote world has opened up for all of us to connect in new and sometimes more focused ways. I would love to hear what resonated with you guys. DM me at BobbyRebel1 on Instagram. And I would love to share more grown-up resources with you. I'm putting them in my newsletter, which is free. You can sign up for it right on my website, BobbyRebel.com, which is also where you can get show notes and other resources. Big thanks to the Success Factor author, Dr. Ruth Gotian, for helping us all be financial grown-ups. Money Tips for Financial Grownups is a production of BRK Media, LLC. Editing and production by Steve Stewart. Guest coordination, content creation, social media support, and show notes by Ashley Wall. You can find the podcast show notes, which include links to resources mentioned in the show, as well as show transcripts, by going to my website, bobbyrebell.com. You can also find an incredible library of hundreds of previous episodes to help you on your journey as a financial grown-up. The podcast and tons of complimentary resources associated with the podcast is brought to you for free, but I need to have your support in return. Here's how you can do that. First, connect with me on social media at bobbyrebell1 on Instagram and bobbyrebell on both Twitter and on Clubhouse, where you can join my Money Tips for Grownups Club. Second, share this podcast on social media and tag me so I can thank you. You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Reading each one means the world to me. And you know what? It really motivates others to subscribe. You can also support our merch shop, grownupgear.com, by picking up fun gifts for your grown-up friends and treating yourself as well. And most of all, Help your friends on their journey to being financial grownups by encouraging them to subscribe to the podcast. Together, we got this. Thank you for your time and for the kind words so many of you send my way. See you next time. And thank you for supporting Money Tips for Financial Grownups.